like us. I'm Martin Gregor, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I am speaking with Carissa Vickis from Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. Hey, Carissa, thanks for speaking today. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Marv. It's like, finally, it's happened after so many years of following each other. I'm finally on your show. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I think the same. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what a show. Um, I mean, (laughs) How do you explain your show to people, really? You know, I'm trying to think because it started one way, but then it's originally you were looking at the beauty, the way that people perceive beauty and mm-hmm. the reality of it and how people essentially, let, let's be honest, people are blinded a lot of the time by what's out there in the media and what the media tells them is what's what they perceive as true beauty, yeah. this, that and the other and then you break it down and you say, no, and I'm going to have to put an expletive notice on this. You're basically saying, no, fuck that. That's how this is. This is how it really is. But you've expanded it from that to something more. I have. Well, the thing is that I had so many ideas for Beauty Unlocked. And when I first started, I was like, I am so sick and tired of people judging me. This is from years ago, like judging me for my looks, for my weight throughout my whole life. And I was like, I cannot be the only one that this is happening to. Right. Like, and so that's where basically the concept of beauty unlocked started. And it has evolved, obviously, you know, because as I was researching and going deeper and deeper into it, I'm just like, Oh my God, you find out so many things. And then it opens up a can of worms. And then I found like a whole community that talks about these things that I had no clue existed before. And so it just, it really opened my eyes up and um, yeah. And I've incorporated over the years, like my love of other things um, such as like my October, December episodes are more on the creepy side, more horror side storytelling. Um, I've, I also did um, a December, December episodes on smut but like from the 17th and 18th century, which was quite interesting finding passages and reading that kind of smut. And I'm like, this is, this is, this is a lot. (laughs) And now I'm again, kind of changing it and kind of going back to, you know, beauty rituals, you know, looking at beauty in the past um, cosmetics. I'm going to also be talking more about surgery and how plastic surgery and cosmetic surgery came to be. And what we know it as today. So, you know, I think it's always evolving. I think that I can keep on bring. I, I will talk about the same issues, how, you know, medical weight stigma exists. I'm going to talk about fat phobia and how our society is fat phobic as well. I am going to talk about these kind of things, you know, filters on, you know, social media, like, and I, I'll still be talking a, a, about that, but I'm, I want to expand it to more and add more of like the history part of it too. Yeah, because when when you people just look on the surface as to what this is how things are, they mm-hmm. don't understand the history of it all, which is interesting because yeah. you go into the history of plastic surgery, for instance, and that goes back to the Egyptians. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And even further, actually, you have also um, uh, back in the day, I think the first rhinoplasty or the first nose surgery was performed in India thousands of years ago. And actually what plastic surgery is today, how it came to be is more is it was more based on reconstructive surgery. So people going off to war, people having these kind of accidents and stuff like that. And so and it's come to be plastic surgery today. But a lot of plastic surgeons, they're they're they apart from doing breast augmentations and all these kind of procedures, they do a lot of reconstructive surgery for people who, you know, have uh, breast cancers, for example, and and other, you know, other kind of of issues, uh, cleft lips and things like that. So they do do a lot of reconstructive surgery um, on people. But it's it's I find it fascinating. And I know that there's a whole bunch of people that are like, intrigued by this stuff and the kind of gruesome grotesque side of things so you know that's yeah it's it's pretty interesting stuff but history shows that if there's something there uh you you know they will always that's created for a different reason entirely like you know like you said you know the you know somebody's had the nose really badly damaged in an accident or something then they get reconstructive surgery mm-hmm. for that, mm-hmm. or yeah. kids born, children born with cleft lips, or whatever. Yeah. You know that that's done. That mm-hmm. it's created for that reason. But people will always take these things and they'll think, "How can we use this for something else?" Yeah. You know, they, they will always look to the darker side, shall we say? And you know, how can we make ourselves look better with this? And it's using it for the purpose that it wasn't intended for originally. Ex- exactly. That's that's very true. And I mean. The thing is, I mean, a lot of people ask me if I'm against plastic surgery and I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. your body, your choice, you do whatever you want, you know, but it's in the sense of who are you doing it for? And I think that people should be screened, you know, before going to plastic surgery, because you see some cases where people get really obsessed, you know, with changing every aspect of themselves. Um, And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, it's going to change um, how I feel about myself and my self-image and make my self-esteem go up. But sometimes it's like, you'll always find another problem, you know, and it's kind of, I remember doing an episode about this. Well, I actually did also like December, I think it was December episodes or October episodes about plastic surgeries gone wrong. And it's, um, you know, a lot of people traveling overseas to get plastic surgery and it doesn't go as planned. And then they have to go through the whole reconstructive surgery. Worst case scenario is that they die. People do do it yourself, like plastic surgery on themselves. And I'm like, how can you, how can you do that to yourself? Like it's the extremes. So again, it's, it's the thing of, and I've read some stuff where a lot of plastic surgeons said that before people were bringing in like um, celebrity pictures, like, oh, I want her nose. I want his cheeks, whatever and whatnot. And now people are bringing them filtered pictures of themselves that they post on social media. And they're like, well, I want to look like my picture filtered. And it's like, that's, you know, it's, it's a problem. And it's again, understanding um, that what you see on social media isn't a hundred percent real. It's like a curated, curated place and people show you what they want to show you. So you can't go comparing yourself, your looks, your body to what you see on social media, because a lot of the times it's not the truth. 
I think there's um, a problem with some of this, because I've seen some programmes on television because my other half has watched some of these programmes. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest problems is more on the mental side, mental health side. Abs- absolutely. With some of them, because they have these things. And I've said to people when I've discussed it before with them, and I've said the problem is these people go in, they take these pictures, and they think that their life's going to change. And it doesn't. It no. stays the same, it and they the put, same. and they fall even further and further and further Absolutely. into this pit of despair yep. that is really taking over them. And they think the more that they get done, the closer they'll get to that ideal. Where, if truth be told, you have to make sure that you're okay with yourself as a person first. Absolutely, that's why I said that then, screening is super yeah. important to do. You know, especially on the plastic surgeon side is does this person really need this procedure or, you know, do they actually need to go and see and seek some, you know, a medical professional in the sense of a mental health professional to kind of work some stuff out because, you know, I'm going to take it as like, for me, an example of myself, I always had body image issues. And in my early twenties, I, um, I was suffered from bulimia and it's something that I suffered with, you know, for a very long time. And um, I lost over 40 kilos. I still suffered from body image issues. I still, so it wasn't about like what I look like. It was at the end of the day that I, I needed to seek a mental health professional to help me deal with the issues that I had, you know, and my perception of self. So at the end of the day, it's like, it's not going to make you feel better. You do need to seek, you know, a mental health professional because it doesn't matter whether you lose the weight or whatnot, or you go and have like 10 different procedures done, it's not going to help if mentally you're not, you're, you you need help. So essentially the show is an extension of those, you getting all those thoughts that you've had in your head out there. And it's, I mean, like all of most of us with, with podcasting, it's an, it is an extension of us. It's us getting out what is a part of us into, into the ether. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it really helps because, you know, you get the feedback from people saying, well, I've had the same issue or you just find your community somehow and you talk about these things. Oh, like, you know, about the whole body shaming thing and being bullied as kids and things like that. There's so many of us that went through that growing up, you know, and it's I mean, it's refreshing because at first you're thinking, am I the only one? Does it happen? Did it only happen to me? Like what's happening? And then you find like there's a whole bunch of people that went through the same thing, you know, and so it's it's nice to not feel alone. And like you said, it is an extra our podcasts are extensions of our thoughts, our feelings and everything. And so it's it's a great way. It doesn't mean that it takes over from therapy. You should still seek therapy if you need it, obviously. But in the sense of, you know, it's just it just helps to get a lot of stuff out there. Sometimes I wish that Carl Jung was still alive to be able to do a podcast. Yeah, that would that would be that would be interesting. Actually, that would be a, make an interesting like listen. If somebody wants to make one up where you've got Carl Jung having a, having a discussion with Freud, then I'd really be into that. Watch out, maybe AI is going to do that. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Somehow <laughs> they might bring AI there. into it. <laughs> So were you were you listening to podcasts yourself then before you started doing a show and were you a big fan of them? I was a fan of horror podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I heard like tons of horror podcasts. Um, 
And I actually wasn't even me who thought of like making a podcast. I was talking to a friend about some of the things, you know, that I mentioned. And she's like, well, why don't you do a podcast? And I'm like, huh, well, that's actually interesting. Never thought about that, you know. And that's how the podcast journey started, which is funny enough because I started the podcast February 2020. And then a month, a month later, we all went into lockdown and then a whole bunch of people got into podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) There were so many podcasts that like sprouted up in 2020 during lockdown. We're still standing, though. We're still here. We're still doing it. You know, we're still here. I should have started in 2008 when somebody told me to. Yeah, that was that was the real like, yeah, beginnings, beginnings of podcasting. God, it's so it's it's so weird because even then I didn't know podcasting existed and I was rewatching Scream, but not the movie. Well, I watched obviously all the movies, but I was watching the the TV show Scream and they mentioned podcasting in there. And I was like, well, wait, this was like 2014. I was like, crap, like I didn't even realize, you know, that like podcasting was like existed even before 2014. But yeah, now everybody knows what a podcast is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep, I guested on a podcast back in 2008, so I know how far it goes wow. back. Wow. I was on a, on a punk music podcast as a guest. Oh, wow. So, okay. So what was it like then starting the show? How did you start it? And, yeah, the introduction to it was great because she, that first podcast, she didn't even know if you were recording. Or not. Oh, God, no. Let me tell you, it was... I had so many issues, even down to like the editing. I actually lost the episode while editing it. And you know that moment where I'm sorry to say, but like it feels like your soul literally fell out of your ass because you're just like, oh, my God, what just happened? And somehow I managed to recover it, but I don't even remember how I did it. But basically, I took a course on Udame Udame by Phil Ebner. And he did a podcasting course and like for less than a month, I was uh, basically following that course and then doing everything that Phil Ebner was saying to telling us to do. And that's how I basically started, you know, the whole I mean, editing and stuff like that. I did take courses in uni, but it was so many years ago and it was like obviously different different technology and it was like proper studios then and stuff like that. Whereas here it's just like on the computer and all that. So I had to get back into that. Um, But the good thing is that I enjoy it. So it was like, I learned quickly. If it's something that I hated, then I would, it would have taken me much longer. But since I like that whole editing process and the creative process behind it. um, But yeah, it was just like a step-by-step. And when I listened to some of the first episodes of the podcast, I cringe because I'm like, oh my God, why is this so long? And what is happening in this, you know? But that's what you do with your first few episodes. You're just still trying to get used to everything. But you grew into it. You 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 you, do. you, you started when you were when you did the first one, you were you were doing that one, and then over time you gradually let yourself come out yeah. more. It was almost yes. like the nerves of doing the first one, two, three shows was almost like holding you back. And then suddenly the floodgates opened and out came the beautiful person doing the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And the person that like caught now, it's just like before I was like, OK, let's not let's keep the, the F-bombs and some of the C words out of there. And I was really trying. And then afterwards I was like, no, screw it. Let's just start 
let's just start like <laughs> cursing because I'm just so sick and tired of like society. Sometimes I'm just like, why, why do we have to be so judgmental and so superficial? Like, but yeah, no, I mean, it was, it's quite the creative process and obviously it's been three years. Yeah. Three years next year, it's going to be four years. And so it's, you come a long way. You just like listen to this first stuff and you're just like, wow, <laughs> that was three years ago. This is, this is weird. And you get used to your voice too. Yeah, One of the things I think everybody hates is like their voice. And then you get used to it and you're like, it's not so bad. <laughs> the amount of time you spend editing, you have to get used to it. Yeah, you do. It's true. Oh God. And I remember my first episode took me two days to like edit because I have this thing where I wanted it to be perfect, but obviously it's not perfect. Like, you know, but you just, the, the perfectionist in you, you have to like, you know, I was, I was hunched over like on my laptop and I was like, got to get this like right and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it's been three years already, but yeah. Time flies though. Time flies. Same year, 2020. But yeah, yeah. because yeah, when I started, I used to edit like mad, like crazy. I'd be like, right, get rid of that. Get rid of this, get rid of this. Yeah. And then I realized when I did one the other week where I listened back to it, because I listen back, I take notes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then that helps me with the edit. And I listened back and I thought, you know what? I'm getting rid of two long gaps here between, because sometimes when you get like a 30-second gap or something between discussion or or you take a break for the toilet or something, you yeah. have a chat, and you get rid of those, obviously, because nobody wants to hear you. Nobody wants to hear that, yeah. No one wants to hear that. Um and I, and, I, and I listened and I thought, I've only got three edits to do. I'm all right with the rest of it going out as it is yeah, because yeah. it's natural talk. Exactly. Like in the beginning, I remember I was trying to get rid of all the ums and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes I do, obviously, but not all of them. Like you just can't. So now I'm just like, yeah, I just have to take out this click or you hear a click here and you, you know, Actually, when you listen to some of my first episodes, if you have like headphones, you can hear the clicks like I wasn't using headphones in right. the beginning. So you can like hear a lot of stuff that like you shouldn't hear. But whatever. I mean, you know, it's the it's the real. It's the raw. It is what it is. Right. It's not like this huge podcast production, you know, that has like thousands of dollars behind it or anything. You know, so something about it's a labor of love. <laughs> No, nothing to do with you, but a word to people who record using a telephone uh, when they use Anchor or something. Mm. Uh, when you're using that, please turn off your notifications because yes. you don't realize that pinging comes through on the show. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah, I've heard that, too. Also, people who like um, sometimes record um, TikToks and stuff like that, you can hear like the, the ping in the background of their like notification. You're like... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Got to put the, you got to, yeah, they have to anchor is one of those. I mean, it's a great, like a great platform, I guess, but yeah. it's one of those things where I was just like, oh yeah, I'm not going to use anchor. I started off using Lipson yeah. in the, in the beginning, which Lipson now is completely different than, but then I moved. So, but yeah, like there's just so many like podcasts, like uh, what you call it. Um, not programs, but sites and stuff like that to start off. I mean, Anchor is great for as a free option, but it's still it it, it needs some work. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the industry that, that that sucks everything out of all your creativity out of you. You don't own it. 
in the yes. end. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's the that's, issue. That's, that's why one I was thing like, I don't like about it. Yeah. But it's, I mean, if you're start if you're just starting and you're not too sure, like if you're gonna take it seriously, then okay, fair enough. Like use anchor, you know. But if you're like thinking, I really want this to work somehow, then go with the paid, the paid services. You know, there's so many out there. And they're all in competition with each other, but they're great. So so how do you choose what topics you talk about? Um, and as a side issue, have you ever started researching a topic that you're going to talk about and then decided that you're not going to? Ooh, I have to go into the memory banks. Well, first of all, like, obviously, I had a conversation with a friend recently. When like you you have conversations with people that could be a topic depending obviously on what your podcast is about you know but talking about body shaming that's a topic you know you look at some advertisements you look at you know um social media and the whole like filters like we talked about and all these filters of like oh if i look look there's a new one on tiktok i'm 100 pounds lighter and that's a new filter and i'm just like Oh, my, my, my. That's the conversation right there. You know, so social media is a great place to get ideas. And also because I follow a lot of of other, you know, um, people and they talk about certain things, you know, in their posts and whatnot. I'm like, oh, that would make a great, you know, uh, podcast episode. And then I go and research more about it. Um, but, yeah, that's that's that one of the I'm trying to think. I don't think there has there's been one where I started researching and then I thought no I'm not doing this one. Yeah. I can't really think of any of anything. I I tend to do it or I maybe I say okay I'm going to do it at a later date but I always do them. Like I have a folder full of like stuff where I'm like oh my god I haven't talked about this I need to talk about this. But obviously there's certain issues that I wouldn't center myself in. And I'd rather get yep. somebody else to talk about it because they're in it, they're in it 365 days, you know, and whatnot. So there's some things where I like to present issues to people and I want them to go and research more. That's the whole point of the show is like, I'm, I'm only bringing a certain amount to you and I want you to want to go and research more about it. Um, but there are certain things that like, I can't talk about when it comes you know, I mean, yes, I've, I, I was like a hundred kilos, let's say in the past and stuff like that. Um, but has uh, a doctor said to me, you need to lose weight. No, I haven't experienced medical weight stigma or medical yeah. fat phobia. You know, there's somebody I, I, I've talked about the topic. Yes. And I've talked about the other ways I've been judged because of my weight, but I never had an issue where a doctor said, you're too fat, go on a diet. Do you know what I mean? But there are millions of people who don't go to the doctor because that's the reaction. And sometimes, most of the times, you can't even tell a person's health based on their weight. And it's ridiculous that doctors do that, where they see, you know, a, a bigger person, a plus size person, and immediately they'll, without looking at charts, will be like, you need to go on a diet. Wait, wait whoa, yep. did you check the charts? What's happening yep. here, you know? But there are people who just don't go to the doctors because of that. And it's it's sad that we live in this kind of society where even the people that are meant to help us don't help us. And it's unfortunate. But I mean, there's I mean, there's again, like there's certain things that I I can't center myself because I don't have the experience and it's not something that plagues me like it does other people. 
I'm waiting for a doctor to come up to me and say something like, how much walking do you do? You need to do more exercise. And then I can say to that doctor, I, I walk for eight to nine hours per night while I'm at work. How much walking do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Some of these doctors, sometimes you're just like, where is it's the audacity sometimes of these doctors where they have like yeah. this godlike complex and you're just like, you need, you need to take a step back and calm down, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like doctors. I mean, I've had other issues with doctors. Like I've had other issues. Like I've had a pervy gynecologist. Sorry to say folks, but this guy was, oh my goodness. Like it made me never want to go to a gynecologist ever again. I had issues with him to the point of where I had to bring a friend. And another time I had to bring my mother with me because this guy was just, he was a, yeah, he, he was a, he was a creep. That's for sure. We're not going to the extreme of the hand that rocks the cradle there, are we? I mean, I mean, no, but I mean, he was, oh my God. Like, I'm just thinking, how did you not lose your license? Do you know what I mean? I've experienced that kind of like issues, like those kind of issues with doctors where I'm just like, y'all need to, you're going to be losing your license if you continue like that. That's for sure. But yeah. And I don't believe dentists when they say that, you know, don't, don't, don't eat, don't eat cakes. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. Don't eat the other. And I'm thinking, you must eat these things from time to time. Everything in moderation. That's yeah. the thing. When you tell someone don't do this, their immediate instinct is to go and do it. Right. Because yeah. they're just like, well, what's the worst that can happen? But it's like, and it's human nature. All of us do it. And it's the thing of like, listen, everything in moderation. I believe that you should do everything in moderation. Unless you have an addictive personality, in which case, again, need to seek therapy for that but you know uh and i believe in everything in moderation whether it be cakes whether it be drinking whatever <laughs> going on to research or sticking on staying on that i liked on one of your recent shows we was it when you were talking with, with with olga and you were saying about um about oh what your 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 searches now on google and you, you suddenly got all these things coming back to you with, should we say, questionable, um, questionable clothing for you know for sexual aid or whatever. And you're saying all these things showed up in your searches now because of doing this show. Oh, wait. oh yes, it was like oh, it was at the time. Oh, that was it. Wasn't the latest episode? I think it was like yeah. an episode that we did like a while back. And I mean, some of the stuff. You know, like some of the stuff that we looked, yes, it was the sexualization of of children and 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 teenagers and whatnot. And yeah, like there was some stuff where you're just like, oh my God, if if the FBI ever looked into it, they would be like, what is she into? But it's like, no, 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 no. Like sometimes you're just like, where do, where did I end up? This is not what I wanted, you know, and you kind of freak out. Um, yeah, no, when it comes to research, but I remember the the beginnings of internet, well internet in the sense of like back in the 90s when it was like dial up <laughs> yeah and um i had um i was in high school and i had to do um something a presentation and i wanted to do it about child pornography and uh let me tell you you because again we weren't used to like exactly what you had to type in and stuff like that so, and it was like the beginnings of the internet. And so I wrote things like child porn. Let me tell you, I immediately clicked off because I was like, this is not, this is not what I wanted, Do you know? And you're just like, start freaking out. Cause you're thinking, are they going to come bang down the door? 
Like what is happening? So, but no, seriously, some of the searches that I've done for certain episodes. Yeah. Like we did one about, well, I did one about um, kinks and that like different kinks and stuff like that. And let me tell you, I went down a rabbit hole, but my search, I have to clear the history all the time. Cause I'm like, this is, this isn't a pro if somebody uses my computer, they're going to be like, what is she into? <laughs> you, you know, if he hadn't passed away last year, Jack from Back Bad Council would have been Bad a Council. great guest to discuss kinks. Because yeah. you remember he used to have, they have a tape, they had a table of kink, didn't they? I think they said they called it, where they had all these different things and it'd, it'd sort of like do a one to 10 scale of how, oh, how kink it kink. was. Yes, yes, yeah. I remember. God, I haven't listened to their show in a very long time. But yeah, like it's, yeah, their show is wild though. They got a wild show going on there. Good show. Yeah, yeah. rest in peace, Jack Remission. Yeah. So yeah, recording and editing then. How do you do that? You know, before I used to record the whole episode and then, and this is the beginnings of Beauty Unlocked. I used to record the whole episode and then go into editing. And what I've learned that takes me less time is that as I'm recording, obviously I stop it, I listen to it and whatever needs to be redone or re-recorded or edited out, that's when I do it. So it basically cuts my time in half. Because what I was doing before, like my first episode of Beauty Unlocked, it literally took me a day and a half because, again, the perfectionist in me, but also because I recorded the whole thing and then I went back to edit and it's a quite long episode. And then I think it was maybe six, six or seven months into podcasting, I started doing that, like recording whatever I was recording, stopping it, listening to it and then editing it and then going on. That's why it might take me like, half a day but you know at least it goes it goes faster i have like also Hmm. used um professionals on certain episodes that were a little bit difficult um because again the internet might have not been stable and whatnot and they managed to clean up a lot of it um but most of the time like all the 70 something well i have a hundred and something episodes in total but i'm the one who basically I think it's only two or three episodes. I I, I let someone like edit it, edit the show for me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, mostly it's me. And literally I record, you know, let's say a, par- a paragraph that I'm reading or whatever I'm saying, I'll stop it, listen to it, edit it, and then continue. But it's, it's funny as well, because you, yeah, you do this thing or you used to where you, you, you do that, but occasionally it's like you, overdub yourself onto it again because you'll do something and then it's like coming from the ether of you or, or it's almost like a strange in the background type noise you'll be you'll be like oh my in the background with an echo over the top of yourself yeah i do a lot of that's what we used to do actually in one of the media production classes that we did we had to like record an ad and I remember it was like two friends of mine and 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 me and we did it and stuff like that. And so all that stuff kind of came back to me. And I was just like, yeah, I do a lot of that. I do a lot of uh, changes in pitch. Um, I do like, yeah, I do a lot of reverb. I do do things like where I pre-record something. I think it was one of the one of the episodes I can think of is about um, when I did the plague episodes. 
And I was talking about the symptoms of plague, of 14th century plague in, in Europe. And one of them is obviously the development of buboes. And uh, there was a part where you, you hear me say, do you feel that? Do you feel that? And I actually was whispering <laughs> into the mic, recorded that, then put it into the final. So it's, and you hear this guy screaming in the background and whatnot. It's fun <laughs> to like edit and like a lot of, um, I don't know, I'm just a very creative person. So sometimes yeah. I have a lot of things like running through my mind. I'm like, oh, this would sound great. And can I do this? And then you see me going into YouTube. How do I do this exactly? Thank God for YouTube and tutorials. Let me tell you, like I've learned a lot. <laughs> yep. Thank, times, like you said, I'm, I'm thankful for YouTube. A lot of people are, you know, yeah, we wouldn't yeah. be able to do things that it's cost us a fortune to do the boilers. We didn't, oh, didn't, yeah. weren't able to do things like that. I'm telling you how to and tutorial videos are a godsend. And thank God there are so many people who do talk about, you know, video recording, video podcasting, like microphones and all this, like there's, I mean, you don't have to invest. If I had known three years ago, like when I started Beauty Unlocked, I would have just checked on YouTube for like how to start a podcast. But I mean, Phil Ebner's course was great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's something where I'm just like, now they have it all this like on YouTube. Why didn't I do it from YouTube? But, you know. But don't you think the Fit Phil Ebner thing is a good introduction in a sense? And then so you've got that good grounding to start from. And then you build from there to make it yourself. You come out of that in, in essence. You've still got that there, but you take that and still make you you as opposed to a carbon copy of what he is. You are yourself from there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, the thing is that it is like for the basics of somebody who doesn't know anything about podcasting or anything about editing or, you know, wh wh where you can host your podcast and stuff like that. His course is amazing because otherwise you're going to have to look at like, I don't know, a good 50 YouTube videos to find the, the right one. Whereas with his course, and I'm sure he's added stuff over the years, um, but his course is like really compiled. And of course, like people always say like, be yourself, but it's strange to talk into a mic if it's not something you're used to doing it's so weird the whole concept of or being filmed while you're you're talking it's just something if you're not used to it you get really nervous and people are like be yourself and you're like I'm looking straight at the camera I'm looking down at the mic is you know like there's just so much running through your brain so it's like yeah no like obviously practice makes perfect <laughs> you know I could turn the camera off if you want me to I know I'm all good. It's all good. I, I'm used to it now. I'm just like, no, it's all good. I mean, listen, I'm before I would be like, no, my hair has to be perfect, you know, and stuff like no, I'm just like, screw it. I'm in my pajamas, like, hello world. You know what I mean? Like, I'm that kind of down to earth. And I'm like, why am I going to try to be something I'm not? Right. It's like, cause that's that's a hard act to keep up. So I'm just, I'm just me. <laughs> I forgot to uh, to mention earlier on when when you were discussing about you know people getting back to you and saying that you know it was almost like you were speaking to them and you were helping these people. I forgot to to remind you of you did exactly that when I was listening to one of your shows and you were talking about hip dip. I think is is that what it's called? Yep. Yes, a hip and dip. I, yeah, and yeah. I mentioned to you back then that that I talked to Louise about that, and Louise, my other half, thought that that was a problem. Yes, I um, yes, yes, and yes. When I mentioned it to her and she looked it up, she was like, Oh, right, that's what that is. And I said, yeah. Yes, that's what that is. So yeah. 
that helped there because now she understands what that is. It's just an invitation. I mean, that's how that's your skeletal structure. And people you see thousand. This is the thing about social media and even YouTube does it too. these fitness fitness people who are just like, get rid of your hip dips. And you're like, how are you going to get rid of your skeletal structure? That makes no sense. Like, wait, what? And a lot of people like are just like, I hate my like hip dips. And I'm like, so you hate your skeletal structure? Doesn't. But it's because, again, the representation within the media, you don't see people. I mean, some people it's more it's more pronounced than others and whatnot. But I think if there was representation of it, we would be more accepting of it. Right. And it's because there's the lack of representation out there or people don't know who to follow to see these things. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I even did a, a TikTok. I think it was like a two, three part TikTok video talking about hip dips and how you can't get rid of your skeletal structure. It is part of you. And you know, I mean, yes, doing a little bit of, like exercising, it might not show as much maybe, but at the end of the day, that's just part of you, you know, can't change it, but I'm glad it helped. <laughs> and I show, it is the videos that I showed Louise as well. And she was fascinated with it. It helped a lot. Have, have we touched on the language decision? That is really, is it really a question? You know, it's a part of you that you, you know, that you are naturally somebody that, that swears. So it's just, letting yourself be yourself in the show and not not restricting yourself because I think that can be difficult creatively if you pull yourself back in a way. I think, you know, the thing is that you can do it. I mean, when I was an English teacher, I was really trying to filter everything I was saying, obviously in front of like eight-year-olds and whatnot. But in the sense of when things rattle you or grind your tits, excuse the language, Like, in all honesty, you cannot contain yourself when you're reading something that just makes you want to facepalm yourself, but in a wall and you're just like, no, I can't. So, no, I have no I have no filter. Um, I do tell people, you know, even for podcast interviews, I tell people, listen, I swear. So I, I try to filter it, but it comes out naturally sometimes. So, I mean, I do, I do say, listen, listeners discretion is advised because I do, or I do say to people, listen, there's, there's going to be F-bombs, there's going to be C-bombs, there's going to be all bombs. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm going to let it rip because honestly, sometimes the stuff that I read and, you know, record about, like really, it angers me and I have no way, like, there's no other way for me to contain it. And I just, you know, go on about it. It's natural because you can tell that when the, the, the best, the, the ones that really get me are the ones where you'll say something, you, you'll be you'll be reading something out of a magazine that you've got, a, re, that you've researched. So you've got a magazine article that you're talking about yeah. and you'll carry on and you'll go partway through a paragraph and you'll suddenly stop and say, hold on, what the, and you'll go back to something a couple of sentences before because you'll, you'll be like, what's that all about? Yeah. What is that all about? Yeah. 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 No, sometimes I have to add the commentary of like, this is an effed up situation. Like, you know, let me read this again to you to like, you know, really bring the point across as how effed up this situation is, you know, and how society or the media and whatnot makes us hate ourselves. And this is the way that they do it. Here it is, you know. But they're the ones that, that jump out to me the most are the ones where you're reading these articles 
and they're the articles that are telling people that are doing this this fakery and saying to people this is the this is the what you should be and they're telling people blah blah this that that and they're the best ones because then you'll be like what is wrong with this woman that wrote this article exactly why is she writing this why is she saying this when that's not possible or you know you're going to have to do this that and the other to become like that but you know, you know these at the articles end of the t- and you question what they're doing, saying. Oh, no. So some of the stuff, like I said, like even whether it be on TikTok, YouTube, the articles I read, some of the tweets people put out there and you're just like, what is going through your mind? You're the problem and you're making millions of people feel bad about things that are natural and naturally yeah. occurring to our bodies. Right. Like <laughs> you can't we're. I mean, again, aging is 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 a privilege denied to many because not everybody ages. Um, Some people leave us much before that, you know, and it's just there's just certain things where you have to. There's so much pressure in our lives in everything we do, whether it be work, whether it be family, whatever it is, health problems, whatever. And then you have, you know, a whole bunch of people saying you need a flat stomach, you know, and it's just like or and it's. Or you shouldn't have hip dips, get rid of your hip dips or cellulite is disgusting. And it's like, this is the human body we're talking about. And it's, it's, it's a magnificent, magnificent piece of machinery. Like one of nature's finest, like creations, right? How can you say it's disgusting? How can you shame people for something that's natural? You know, so it's just absolutely like for me, sometimes I'm just like, this is vile. And I fucking hate this person. Excuse the language. I just like said the F-bomb. But like, you know, I just I can't like for me, I'm just like, how can you spew this kind of BS? And there's there's tons of podcasts that are out there that shame. That are out there just shaming and bringing the hate. And you're like, we don't need this. And there's millions of people who listen to this. And I'm like, why do we have to put more hate and more judgment into the world? Like we have enough issues and enough stress to think about than oh, like, you know, because of gravity, things on my body aren't where they're supposed to be. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so no, there's, there's sometimes I'm telling you, like I, I roll and that's why I'm a bit of a hermit sometimes. Like there are times where I just don't go out. Cause I'm like, I can't deal with human beings. <laughs> Tired. The, the, the best ones are when online you online and you see this thing, as you're scrolling on the social net media and you'll see this, this article will come up that someone's posting. You say, you'll not believe what this person looks like now and yes. not about some actor or some musician or whatever, or singer. And it's clickbait. And, and oh, you yeah. know, even if you follow it, you look at it and nine out of 10 times you look and you think, what, what's wrong with this person? I can't see any problem. You know, I mean- he's giving up the business. She's giving up the business. She's got a life. She looks like a real person now. So what? Exactly. That's the thing. It's like, listen, to be in the entertainment business already, there's a huge amount of pressure, a huge amount of pressure. And again, it's like they don't want, I guess human beings don't want to, they're always chasing the fountain of youth and they're expecting actors and entertainers to look the same like they did 20, 30, 40 years ago. That's not possible for us. Like, we age, we have gray hairs, we gravity takes a toll. Like we're not, we're bodies changed. That's the reality of it. And I think that we need to be putting out there a lot more so that people can realize 
this is what a human body is supposed to look like. It ages, it, you know, that's what it is. So yeah, I mean, no, but the clickbait, I recently read one about, um, what's her name? Fonda, not Jane Fonda, but I think it was her Oh, her uh, niece. An, an, an niece, yes, Peter Fonda's niece, daughter, uh, Bridget, Bridget Fonda, Bridget yep. Fonda. Yep. and um, she she stopped acting. She's I don't know when her last movie was, and they showed pictures of her before, you know, and showing pictures of her now, and she's going about her day to day life, you know, not on some red carpet and whatnot, and you know they're talking about how she's aged, how she's gained weight, how she's quote unquote let herself go, and I'm like. Yep. This is why she left the industry in the first place. <laughs> she yeah. was sick and yep. tired of this. She was yep. sick and tired of this superficial, the superficial of it all. Yeah. You know, and she she says that my life is so much better now that she doesn't have to go to the red carpets or do this and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. She just she changed her life and said, nope, I don't want to partake in any of this. Well, Carrie Fisher did the same when they brought her back for Star Wars. And they were saying to her, oh, you're going to have to lose this, 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 this much weight or whatever. And I mean, let's face it, Carrie Fisher, you do not say anything to her because she will just fight back at you. And she'll say, no, I'm not doing that because she is. She was a very strong woman with that. And she was like, when they were doing it and asking us to come back, she was like, no, I'm not doing any of that. I am who I am. You'll have me on the screen. But if you don't want if you don't want Princess Leia in your film, don't have her. I, I mean, care. it's they're they're trying to keep a Princess Leia that's like 40 years younger, yeah. you know, and you're just like and already then she she even spoke out about it, how she was dealing with substance abuse. I mean, she was going through a lot, you know, at the time when the first movies or the iconic, I should say, like bikini. I don't know where she was with the job of the hut there. Like yeah. that was like the iconic moment. But she said, you know, I was going through substance abuse. I was I mean, heavily addicted to substances and you know no i mean it's it's good that she fought back because she she dealt with most of her life with substance abuse and of course it's like easy access in that in the industry as is you know but you know luckily she managed to get out of it and speak out about it but then unfortunately she passed away when was a few years ago like her her mom passed away i think a day later didn't she yeah her mom died the next day yeah yeah, Reynolds, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and it's just like so sad because you're just like oh but yeah it's a good thing that a lot of people within the entertainment industry are speaking out about the unrealistic expectations you know i mean you have people who who's the guy who played tarzan uh, the Swedish guy. I forgot his name. Skarsgård. Yes. Yep. Um, he even said, he's like, listen, that was torture, <laughs> you know, to get that physique and everything. So yep. a lot of stars are talking out, talking, you know, and speaking up about it because they're just like, listen, Jason Momoa has said the same thing. All these action, the guy, the guys that play the action heroes and stuff like that, they're like, this is not possible to maintain yet. We all look up to that. And, you know, it's like the quote unquote perfect physique, but it's like, even these actors are like, no, no, we're starving ourselves. We're working out two, three, four times a day. We're dehydrating ourselves. Like this is all dangerous behavior. And the only difference between you and these people is that they have medical professionals, you know, there with them doing this stuff, you know, to take care of them. Whereas a a normal person like you and me, if we, we would, take on that kind of rigorous regimen we would for sure drop dead there's no yep. way 
And you even have these bodybuilders and stuff like that coming out and saying, listen, I'm I'm on steroids. I'm taking this. I'm taking that and whatnot. You have so many bodybuilders also who have dropped dead because of the the extreme measures they take when it's competition day of dehydrating themselves to such a point so that their veins can pop out. So this can pop out. Hugh Jackman said the same thing for Wolverine. He's like, no, you dehydrate yourself. He's like, I would never do that again. So it's a good thing that a lot of these people are speaking out because, you know, people just idolize them. And it's like mm, they have their trainers, they have their doctors, they have their nutritionists, you know, they're they're being looked after. Whereas if we did that, no, there's no way we would survive. No way. Yep, you've touched on something I was going to say just then, because, uh, you know, when I've, I've, I've heard from from women who've said, oh, I'm nearly, I'm their age, this person's age, this star, this singer, this actress or whatever, this person's age. Uh, so I could be like that. And I said, no, you can't because they've got a staff. Yes. They've got people, they've got tra- professional training team or whatever that's getting them to keeping them at that sort of level. Yep. They have professionals looking after them. You don't, mm-hmm. you can't afford to have a staff that's paid that much money that, that they pay. So reality tells you that you can't be the same as they are and it takes a hell of a lot of work to get there and the thing is it's their job right Mm, like this is part of the job and uh, and like i said again it's good that a lot of people are speaking out about it and going against it and saying listen like this is not normal behavior because this is disordered eating this is bringing on eating disorders so many people have come up but it's like A person who's working a nine to five job, let's say, who might have a family at home, has a life. How are you supposed to maintain that kind of you can't unless, you know, you have nannies, you have this, you have cleaners, you have whatever it might be like a staff and whatnot. It's not possible unless it's your job to look like that. And I'm sorry, but uh, all of us, it's not our job, (laughs) you know, to go spend, you know, go train three times a day, have a personal trainer, have a cook have a nutritionist like what is that <laughs> it's you like the, you were saying the Hugh Jackman thing mm-hmm. so before he started they started with the uh with the Deadpool film they've not even started making it yet mm-hmm. he's already training for that oh say eight to ten hours a day no dude, doing that mm-mm. you can't nobody doing doing a normal job can afford to fit in for four five up to six months or whatever of 10 hour days doing full on training. Yep. Seven days a week. You can't do that nope. at the same time as the eight to 12 hours that you're doing at work. Exactly. And it's the thing of like, even Skarsgård said, um, going back to Tarzan and I'm sure Hugh Jackman said something about the eating, you know, yeah. Skarsgård is eating salmon in the morning. You know what I mean? Like he can afford these things and it's not even that he personally has to afford them. It's, you know, the studio is paying for a lot of these, whatever it is, contracts, whatever. I don't know how it works, but they're being paid for this. Uh, I'm sorry. There's like a crisis going on right now. I don't think we can buy the amount of salmon to get the amount of protein needed to have that kind of physique. We don't, I mean, or the steaks that they're eating and this and that, and it costs a lot of money. And the majority of people who try to emulate this are going to go bankrupt. Like it's not possible to, it's not possible. Well, people get bankrupted by the amount of money that they spend on, too much, you know, plastic surgery and that anyway. 
I mean, when you look at how even, you know, the diet, diet culture has infiltrated our lives on a daily basis, you know, and saying like, let's say, you know, to get whatever you need, proteins, for example, protein shakes, protein, this protein, that you go into these stores, these, you know, where they're, they're specialist stores and stuff like that. These massive bottles of protein powders cost a lot of money. Creatine costs a lot of money. L-glutamine costs a lot of money. Like you're, you're throwing so much money into these things. And I'm just like, I understand that you want to be dedicated and you want to have a certain physique, but is it, I mean, are you going to be able to have it for the rest of your life? I highly doubt that you're going to be able to afford. I mean, it depends obviously what kind of job you do and how much you're being paid, but let's be honest, the us normal humans here, like, can't afford all that stuff. There's no way, no way that we can spend hundreds and hundreds of, of whether it be dollars, pounds, or euros on these kind of things. People are are setting. I don't know. It's just it's so rampant in the media. I don't know. I don't know. There's just so much to say about it. But it's just like you can't compare your life, your lifestyle, your genes, also your genetic, your genetic makeup, to the people that you see on screen. We're all different. We're all different. That's the beauty of humanity, friends. Just be different. <laughs> Is the one specific um, issue or topic that you've discussed on your show that really stands out to you as one that, you know, you really made a point there or was important to get out there? Um, hmm, <laughs> I think talking about... The one that really does stand out there. Well, there's a few actually, but um, the one that really sticks out right now in my mind is cellulite. Yep. Talking about cellulite and how even more than 50 years ago, we wouldn't even know what the term was and what it was because the first English language periodical to um, print it was Vogue in 1968. They were the first English. Before that, that word didn't exist. And you can actually see photographs of old Hollywood stars, such as Jane Mansfield in her, you know, in her bikini and whatnot. Um, And you can see what they call cellulite. But nobody was calling it out because nobody had any idea what it was. Nobody cared. We only cared because it's being thrown into our face now. So now everybody's trying to get rid of cellulite, for example. And I'm like, cellulite didn't exist and the word doesn't even mean what it means today, right? right? So it's it's just, um. so that one really stands out. And there were a lot of people actually who commented about that. The thing is a lot of the, con- obviously for, for reference, I got hacked last year. So yeah. my Beauty Unlocked page on Instagram got hacked yeah. and I had so much info and I had like much, many more followers and stuff like that that would make comments about these things. I had to start from scratch again. And um, but yeah, cellulite was the the top one. And then talking about, I think it was the third episode talking about um, Mauritania. I think it was the third episode and talking about, um, of course, you know, each culture and stuff like that before it was touched by colonization. They had their own way of life and everything. Right. It's only in recent years where recent in the last 200, 300 years where. Anyway, it's like a whole history lesson there. But basically yeah. the Mauritania one where they have certain schools where they send young girls to go and feed them because they're the 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 standard of beauty um, there is to be much larger. 
right? So they send these girls to Le, Le Bleu, they're called. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but um, and they feed them over 16,000 calories a day. Wow. 16,000 calories a day. I mean, even bodybuilders are just like, that's not, that's impossible, right? But they're force feeding these um, young girls, right? Because, and again, it's not, it's mostly in the rural area, area areas, you know, and stuff like that of Mauritania. It's not everywhere in Mauritania and every and everything. But that, that um, a lot of people made comments about that episode because they had no clue about that. And it's funny because if you look, not funny, haha. But there have been documentaries, and I think one of them is on YouTube. It's an Italian journalist who went this specific uh, place in Mauritania in one of these places where they send these young girls. And she was trying to keep up with them, you know, and she, you know, in the morning, they're given a certain amount of like calories to eat and stuff like that. You see this Italian journalist on the floor. She's like, I can't. I can't eat anymore. Like I can't eat anymore. And she was in physical pain. So a lot of people, you should check it actually check it out. Like, you know, about Mauritania and the force feeding um, there again, rural areas. And we shouldn't pass judgment on cultures and, 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 and whatnot, but it's one of those things where you're just like, it's interesting to look at the difference, right? Because in Western culture, that has been Western culture that has spread around the world because of colonization and everything. The ideal is you have to be thin. You have to be small. You have to look a certain way. Right. And if you look a certain way, that means you're, you know, you're successful. You're able to control your quote unquote animal urges, you know, and all these kind of things. There's a whole thing about history right there, but basically this is the Western standard of beauty, right. That yeah. has gone global. But when you look at cultures from before, before they were even touched by colonization, it was a completely different standard of beauty. And there's a lot of people who are trying to decolonize and go back to their their roots. This is what beautiful is in my country. This is what beautiful is in my country. You know what I mean? Like, so, again, it's a good thing that there's the pushback. But we need more and more people talking about it. But, yeah, those are the two I can think of. The cellulite episode. And uh, the Mauritania episode that really stick out. And people made comments like, wait, wait, what? Oh, and actually another one. And this is like a couple of months before I got hacked. And it was a guy um, who was talking about hair removal and how it's linked to white supremacy. Right. And there was this guy who made the comment and says, white people don't care what you do with your hair. And I'm like, I beg to differ. Because I can guarantee that if I show you my hairy armpit, well, I don't have a hairy armpit, but like if I had a hairy armpit or if I showed you as a woman, I have hair on my legs, there are going to be thousands of people who are going to call it disgusting. They're going to call it unhygienic. Where do you think this all comes from? So he just jumped into the wrong person's comment section. I was like, I am having none of that because a lot of the things that we have today are. And I don't want to bring it all up and stuff like that, but are based on white supremacist views, you know, and yes, including hair removal friends. So, you know, there's like so many, like I said, when I started this show, like Beauty Unlocked, I was only scratching the surface. And then 
I was getting deeper and deeper into it. I'm like, wow, this is, there's a lot here to, you know, to talk about. So where are we now? Well, we've already discussed, yeah, you, you've brought up the social media issues that I was going to bring up because I was going to say about the 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 Instagram thing. That was awful that somebody hacked the account and what they were doing. I, the, you know, it's funny because a couple of months before that, I wanted to change up a lot of the layout of Beauty Unlocked. And I was thinking, how am I going to do it? I have so many posts. It was like, so it was last year. So that's two and a half years, let's say, in the making of that Instagram, uh, of that Instagram handle. How am I going to change it? How am I going to change the theme and everything? And then in July, I got hacked. And when I tell you that my heart dropped out of my ass and I was just like, oh, my God, I did not. I was so disgusted. I was in tears because it, it took so long to grow. Right. Yeah. And then just within seconds of. It, it's taken away from you. And I know like people are like, well, that's, you know, it's just social media, but it's like all your work goes into it. Yeah. And it takes a lot of work to have, you know, and it's not like I had millions of followers. I only had a, a 1,200, 1,300 followers, but it took two and a half years to get to that. And so I didn't start the new Instagram um, until September, I think. I took like two months off of, so I took two months off of like Instagram. I was like, I'm disgusted. I don't want to deal with this. I, I went on to TikTok and stuff like that, but I had to start everything over again because this person had access also to my Facebook group page. They wow. had access to like all the other stuff. So I had to completely shut down uh, the Facebook page. I had to shut down the old uh, YouTube channel. And then I started everything from scratch. And there are days where it's it's frustrating. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm getting better at designing certain things. I'm getting better at presenting certain things. I'm getting better at editing, let's say, videos or making videos and making things. So, you know, there was there was the good that came out of it. But it's still like my heart was ripped out. <laughs> Yeah, because like you'd said, you know, you'd built up over that time, yep. over two years or over two more than two years, you yep. built up that following. You'd you got that that you got to that level of you know, can we say success? I don't know really, but you got to that sort of level with the page where you got people, lots of people checking you out, checking your yep. page out, all these posts and responding. Then you were getting that really good for the most part, communication between yourself and listeners yeah. and people. And yeah. And that's the thing with all the old episodes that I have of beauty unlocked, it mentions all these pages. And I'm like, I no longer have those pages. <laughs> like, you know, and I have to like, you know, in the newer episodes, you find out all my handles and whatnot, but it's just, it's annoying. Cause it's, it's, it's a labor of love. It's a lot of work, but at the same time, I was already thinking, how can I change it? What can I do? The, the, thing that pisses me off the most about it is that that page is still up and I've contacted Instagram about it. Others have contacted Instagram. They have not taken it down. And it really pisses me off because I'm like, these people can contact other people and pretend it's me when it isn't and try to get other people, you know, hacked also. That's why I keep on telling people just don't Whatever this person, this Beauty Unlocked page is doing, don't respond to it, delete, unfollow, block them because it's yep. not me. 
you know, and I had to send emails also to a few people because um, I couldn't get into con- I, like get into contact with them on social media. I had to send them emails and say, listen, Beauty Unlocked has been hacked and there's nothing I can do about it. So don't respond to anything you get from this person because it's not me. Well, it's a shame, really, because you would have thought that, that Instagram would, you know, do something about it. But obviously they haven't. I mean, obviously, if you're like verified and all this kind of stuff, like they're take it more, you know, whatever. But what they said to me, oh, we checked the activity and there's nothing wrong. With, I don't know what bullshit they said to me. And I was like, this is not. Oh, my God. And the worst is that I can't use the same handle as my show. Yep. So my new handle is Carissa's podcast hour. 2022 because i couldn't have beauty unlocked as a yeah as a handle anymore and i also well except on uh tiktok and uh youtube but the good thing is that on youtube we're growing also so it's i got to change a lot of things and getting better again like i said there was like the silver lining to it all but yeah it's like it's, me it, losing all my information on my computer, and that yes, just made me suddenly decide, time. oh, I'll 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 record a new theme tune. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there's the good that comes out of it, but it discourages you because you're just you're always kind of a little bit paranoid. And you're like, uh, you know, you're always afraid and you're always changing passwords and you're always changing like stuff, you know, so that it doesn't happen again. But this is this is the this is the thing that happens when you're a content creator and whatever whatever social media you have it's a possibility that you might get hacked and more and more people hackers are i mean they're really since the pandemic yeah like in 2020 people have started like really i mean how many people have been hacked and how many things have happened and stuff like that like hackers are oh it's bad all i say to them is if they want my my page you know you you, you can you can have a page for a podcast that le- gets less than 50 listeners. I'm, you know, there you go. Enjoy. <laughs> oh, no, but you know, when you said like successful, that's the one thing to try to get out of our heads is yeah. the whole numbers thing is a popularity contact. I feel like we're in high school sometimes. Yeah. Oh, look how many po- followers this person has, like, you know. 2,000, 300,000 and stuff like that, or look how many. And I feel like it's always competition of how many subscribers and followers you have. And I'm like, you know what? We have to try to get it out of our head. It doesn't matter. As long as people appreciate the content, even if it's five people, that's okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. Does it give you like this kind of ego boost? It does. But at the end of the day, (laughs) the thing is, do they retain the information that we're presenting to them? You know? That's true. I'm, I'm just. I was just looking because uh, it, it, it's reminding me of that message I sent you before we started chatting. Uh, I sent you that message into what was it? The things we do for for what we enjoy because there's certainly no money in this. In no money in it, exactly, no. exactly. Or I mean, the thing is that with podcasting, I feel like yes, more and more people are podcasting and whatnot. There is more opportunities. There are more doors that open through podcasting. But in reality, the thing is, if you don't have a huge following and you have to start from scratch it takes a especially if you're like a one person show and you're doing yeah. everything the editing the the social media the everything the recording and everything it's a lot to deal with it is and you know also then saying okay like i have to go and pitch to brands and do this and find collabs and then it's a lot of freaking work 
It's really a is. lot of freaking work. And especially like, again, if you're starting from scratch and you don't have, you maybe have like two, three, like fall, literally my sister, my sister, I think I could count the first five or 10 people that were listening to my, sh- to my show. Like the first episode, when I got the first 10 downloads, <laughs> I was like, I can name every single person that yeah. listened to this show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. so, but I mean, sometimes you look at your analytic analytics and you get super excited because you're just like, oh, I'm listening like people. And then I think, okay, who do I know that lives in Australia? Who do I know that lives in this part of the States? And then I'm thinking, I don't think I know anyone actually. And then it, you get really excited because you're like, somebody's listening to me and I don't know who you are, but thank you for listening. <laughs> you know, I don't know anybody in Mexico. Who's listening to me in Mexico? Exactly. It's so weird. Like you get really Ah, I did Fiji episodes like in the beginning. And I think they're like four downloads from Fiji. And they were, of course, listening to the Fiji episode. And I was like, there are people in Fiji who listen to the episode. And I was just (laughs) like, this is so weird, you know? So it was, um, it's just so weird. Like when you, over the years, you see it grow and grow and you see, you know, your analytics and you look at the map. And you see like the map being colored in and stuff like that. And you get really excited because you're like people I have never met and who know nothing like I've never met them or they like become loyal listeners. And you're like, you're going to bring me to tears. Do you know what I mean? Like you guys actually listen to like the shit that I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just so weird. But yeah. You know, another interesting analytical is um, I've noticed it recently. I did the other week an episode, and I think I'm going to find it with this recent one I've put out. When I did one with a teenager called Nifemi from from Africa, mm-hmm. it was a short episode, so it was about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's already in the top 10 episodes downloaded. That's awesome. Ever of the show. That's, that's awesome. So the shorter shows get more listens. Do you oh, find yeah, that absolutely. yourself? Yes, because when I started, I was doing 40 minute episodes and stuff like that. And granted, like when the daughter of Lilith and I, we collaborate. Yes, our episodes are quite long. And, you know, I do one to two, three parters and whatnot. But I noticed that's one of the things I changed. I think a year into it, I started making shorter shows. You know, like some shows are 15 minutes 25 I go for 25 minutes max but a lot of the times it's less than that and I'm like instead of me packing in all of this research into one show I rather just divide it up into many more shows so I'm actually thinking of revisiting like the first episode about WTF ancient Greece (laughs) because it's a long episode and I'm like I've broken that up into like two different episodes so I'm thinking of revisiting it because there's new research that came out. Ooh. Yeah. And I'm like, Ooh, like this is, this is one of those things. Like there's always research. There's always new stuff coming out about things that we thought like the whole golden ratio thing about having the perfect face. Yep. And it's based yeah. on like, yeah, the golden ratio. Yep. And there's like new, split like it down the middle. That's what it is, isn't it? So one side looks the same as the other side. Exactly. Like the perfect symmetry. And they yep. said that people who, celebrities who have it i think one of them was um oh my god what's her name she's a supermodel i forgot her name uh anyway it doesn't matter but like they said that she has like the perfect face and i'm just like another another way that we go and compare ourselves right 
But um, yeah, like, so I was thinking I should revisit that episode. And, you know, there's a lot of episodes I want to revisit because they were too long. And so definitely make them shorter. You but could go, you could go all matter and just do a commentary on your own episode. I could actually could put it on YouTube. Listen, listen, back, <laughs> listen back to it and then just stop it occasionally and go, what was I thinking there? Uh, yeah, exactly. Though there's so many things. Oh my God. There's so many things that I would have done different, but like, yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea. Like listening to, and like having a, a reaction to like the old episodes, but um, I don't know, come a long way. And it's just so weird. I'll tell you the episodes that get a lot more downloads though. Yeah. Um, what they're the bonus episodes because the bonus episodes are a bit crazy and on, on my show, <laughs> you know, talking about ideal appendage sizes, <laughs> you know, below the belt sizes, you know, and stuff like that. That one is pretty popular. The one that's the most popular three years down the line is worship my ass mere mortals. <laughs> and it was talking about, you know, smoothing out your ass because apparently that's a thing, right? That's a cosmetic procedure that you can get done. And I read this like article and I couldn't stop laughing when I was reading it. I think it was written by Lola Lolita. And she talked about her experience going in to get this procedure done and basically getting butt zapped. <laughs> so it was just a whole thing. Dang. Yeah. And um, it's, I don't know if it's the title that's catchy and people are like, worship my ass mere mortal. Like, wait a second, you know, <laughs> But it's it's pretty interesting. Like there are some cosmetic procedure trends out there where you're like, what is happening? <laughs> what are we doing to ourselves now? It makes me glad that I do an audio podcast because then I don't get people following me around. And going, it's you from that podcast. And, <laughs> you know, with yourself, you'd have people following you around and going, do I need to? Watch Funny thing though, one of the downloads I got from from that episode was in Saudi Arabia. I'm like, right, who in Saudi Arabia is listening to me? This is you're naughty <laughs> and you're my type of person. But like, no, it was one of those things that that one is like the most popular episode I have is worship my ass. And I'm like, what? And then there's the whole bumhole Botox and a whole bunch of other things I've talked about on my bonus episodes that like really attract people. <laughs> Trust me, I've heard from people who uh, that there there is a underbelly in in the Arab states, shall we say, <laughs> especially among royalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, the it's the ones that you never think <laughs> yeah. that are the ones that are quite kinky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put it mildly, like they're the ones that are pretty much. <laughs> like they have the, they're, they're the ones that you should be questioning the most like that's for sure it's it's never the loud ones it's always the silent ones it's, it's not the peasants that marry their own family should we say exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness i don't know if have you ever come to cyprus have you ever been to cyprus no no not no. being there no um so here it's a small island mediterranean eastern mediterranean island right underneath turkey right Yep. And um, the thing is, it's a small island. And I know, listen, years ago, before we had like, you know, tons of foreigners and stuff like that, like, I'm telling you, 
I'm sure a lot of people married their cousins here. And I know it's something that's been done for thousands of years, but it's obviously we know the complications that could arise from marrying members of your family. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so it's it's not that it's not done anymore, like marrying your second or third or fourth cousin or whatever. But when it's your first cousin. You got to be careful because that's pretty close, you know what I mean? But here in Cyprus, it's okay. now it's different. But we're talking about 60, 70, 80 years ago. For sure, it's something that was happening here. And a lot of people for sure don't know that they're related. Because it's a small island, let's face it. So, you know, but yeah, watch out, folks. This is why I just don't date on this island. I'm like, nope, nope. You never know. You never know. You know, we've touched on this slightly. So have you got any advice for people starting a podcast? Ooh, I would say do your research. Super important to do your research, not only for the technical side of things. That's something else that, of course, you have to research. But you really have to sit down with yourself and think, how dedicated are you going to be? And be realistic about things. Because, listen, some things might take off and some things might not. And, you know, you might start off with an idea such as Beauty Unlocked, like starting it the way I started it. And it evolves. Right. But you have to be really honest with yourself. How many hours a week are you going to invest? What is your plan in the long term? Because there's a lot of people who start podcasts and within a few months they disappear. Yeah. And it's a shame because there's potential. Right. But it's like you have to follow through, right? So know that you, it's not that it's a full-time, well, it could be a full-time job, but in the sense of you have to be serious, you have to be honest with yourself. How long can you devote to podcasting, to learning? Because the whole point is to become better each episode, right? Yeah. And not only in episodes, I mean, it's in everything, whether it be designing, whether it be editing, whether it be you know, how you present your posts on social media. Who's going to do this? Are you going to do it all by yourself? Because it's a lot of work. Let me tell you, it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of dedication. So be honest with yourself. Do you see yourself doing this in the long run? Yeah. Is it something that you can, you know, um, dedicate even up to four hours a week on? What's the style of your show? Is it going to be a one person show? Is it going to be multiple hosts? Are you going to do interviews? There's a lot of questions to ask yourself. So you got to sit down and really think, can I, can I invest, invest in this? And sometimes guess what? Like you can start for free, you know, on, on with a lot of stuff, but you're going to have to invest in, let's say a microphone, you're going to have to invest in. So you have to think about the monetary side of things as well. Are you going to invest in headphones? Are you going to invest in microphones? Because in all honesty, I have three different microphones. This is the one I keep downstairs. I mean, I have another one like upstairs and I have another one just in case these two go, you know, down. So you have to think maybe you're not going to be making any money from the show if you don't take out merch, if you're not looking for opportunities and stuff like that. So you have to think, okay, can I invest in this show? How much am I willing to invest in my show? You know, so you have to sit down and be really realistic and maybe your show takes off. Maybe it's going to take time for it to take off and maybe it'll never take off. What are you going to do? Are you going to continue? Because 
there are times and Marv, you can like, you know, on posts, you put your whatever in your posts, let's say on social media and you get one or two likes. Yep. Are you going to keep on going or is that going to make you stop? Because if it's a numbers game, I can tell you right now, unless you have a huge following or you're some sort of celebrity and that's, you know, people are going to follow them, right? Because they've yep. built their yep. reputation. But for people who don't have a following, who are starting from scratch, it doesn't mean that you're going to have hundreds of thousands of followers or listeners. You gotta be, gotta be honest, and you gotta take. There's, there's a lot of like hard hits. <laughs> That's the truth. So many don't, hard hits. Don't look at your numbers when you start, if you're that no, sort don't. of person. Oh God, and it's difficult not to. Yeah. Because when they tell you, I'll take the example of YouTube. You know, when you're creating stuff, they say, okay, don't look at it. Well, first of all, you shouldn't look at your subscribers. You should look at your retention rates. And then, you know, it gives, and it's the same thing. Certain podcasting host host sites give you that, right? Where there's like the drop off or whatever. Not all of them though, but like some of them, if you pay for a certain amount. But the thing is, it's like, sometimes analytics are good because it gives you an idea of, right, people are dropping off at the 10 minute you know, 10 minute mark, what's happening? Why are they dropping off? Is it because it's getting boring, monotonous? What is it, right? So there's a lot of things that you can use for analytics, but at the same time, you shouldn't just be looking at the numbers. You should actually be looking at the performance, your performance in the sense of the whole point is to get 1% better each time. Doesn't matter in whatever you do, but you have to get better at your editing, at the way you're talking, at the way you're presenting. Maybe you're dragging on too long in the intros. That's what I used to do on the first few episodes. I used to blah, blah, blah. And now I'm just like, right. I present like, or I come up with some creative thing about how do you feel about being zapped in the ass or something, (laughs) you know, grab the attention (laughs) and then music and then go straight into this, you know, article written by so-and-so and whatnot. Right. I've learned. But so the whole thing is to get 1% better in what you're doing. But you got to sit down and be honest with yourself and don't expect hundreds of thousands of followers all at once. Yeah. It might take time. I mean, I mentioned that about the analytics for the episode the other week, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to change the way that I do the show because of that. Because mm-hmm. in essence, I'm more about the thing of if somebody's interested in the subject, then they'll listen to it you know, Mm -hmm. because they're interested in looking for a podcast that's about that or whatever. So I won't rush somebody in a conversation to get it under that 30-minute mark. If it goes beyond that, beyond an hour into an hour and a half, it's a conversation. And Mm -hmm. I will never try and end a conversation and make it feel difficult if it's ended really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with your shows, though, it's more of the – how, how would you say um, it's more community, do you know, like building a rapport and stuff like that. And that's what's like really good about the sh- about your show. Right. That is it isn't rigid in structure. Right. Yeah, You're I've got the not... rigid. Yeah, I've got the I mean, rigidity have... of things that we have to touch. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That you have to touch. But well, in the sense of, like you said, you're not rushing, you're not, you know, and it's also building a rapport. And I think listeners appreciate that. But it's. That's done because, in a way, that is to introduce people to who my guest is or Mm -hmm. the guest are 
and to what their show is about and what they're about. Because yeah. you, you go on the internet, we've already mentioned about how many podcasts there are. You mm-hmm. go on these podcast services, these places like, you know, Apple Podcast, you know, Amazon Podcast, Spotify and all these things. And you go and you think, oh, I need, I want to look for a podcast about films where they talk about yeah. a film. You, you throw a stone into the river of, of, yes. of the podcasting world and you'll yeah. come back with five million podcasts about film. Yes. Yeah. So what grabs people's attention is who they are and what makes them different to every other film podcast. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about introducing to people who to who they are. And then if you introduce them to who they are, like who you are, people will listen to this and think, you know what? I like the straightforward, no bullshit approach that, that <laughs> Carissa has to these conversations and to the this subject. And that's what I'm introducing them to, is to who that person is and what their show is about. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great thing also that you're doing because it's just, like you said, it's like throwing a pebble into the, like there's, there's the choice yeah. is just mind-blowing it's like the true crime right yeah so many true crime podcasts so many movie review podcasts but it's just like just because because a lot of people get afraid right they're like oh this niche is oversaturated and i'm like yeah but you're completely different from the person that's hosting this podcast what makes you different right use that to your advantage because you can be talking about the same case let's say whatever crime case it is but it's the way that you're bringing your flair into it, your individual, you know, what What about the case are you talking about? Are you focusing on the person that committed the crime or are you focusing on because there's so many that focus on the obviously the, the killer, for example, or this, you know, serial killer and whatnot. Not too many podcasts out there focus on the victims yeah. because you'll always remember, let's say, a serial killer's name, but it's rare that you remember the victims. And there's only a few podcasts that talk a lot about the victims more than focusing on, you know, on the yeah. person that yeah. the PO, the POS that did it. Right. Yeah. Because so. uh, what's the one that I listened to? Um, oh, I can't remember the one I listened to, but she, um, being Nicole, what's the name of the show? Buried on the Tundra. She. Mm-hmm. She, so that's based in, I think, Alaska. And oh, okay. Crime, crimes that go on in, in Alaska. And All she right. says to me, when I had her in my show, she said to me, she said, most of the time she doesn't mention by name the people who actually committed the crime. Good. That's she talks, good. She brings the victim first and talks yes. about them as the main part of the show, which I think is a better way to do it. Because to be quite honest, those people that have committed these crimes, they're all, as we say in, in the UK, they're all arseholes and they shouldn't be really mentioned about that. And it's all about this poor person that's that's been killed because of them being mentally unstable. The thing is, it's just like, and we have to remember that also these victims have families that have to live with knowing that they're, you know, it was like the whole Dahmer thing that they had, you know, um, recently, what was it on Netflix? Yeah. And it's just like, when you think about it, you're like, Dahmer's, I didn't even watch it, right? Because I'm just like, why are we idolizing and showing off this person as, you know, whatever? These people, they were people, they had families, they had loved ones they that are still around. So how does it feel to be 
that victim's family member watching these things or hearing these things and not even hearing the names of their loved ones that were taken. Yeah. But always hearing Dahmer or always hearing Manson. Well, Manson wasn't a serial killer. He was anyway, that's something else. But, you know, any other serial killer out there, why do we remember their names and not the victims that they took? So and another podcast, I was on their podcast a while back. Um, They do the same thing. It's the uh, nefarious nightmare. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard them about like they also focus on the victims um and the crime you know but not really focusing on the asshole that committed it which yeah. is much better you know yes so where can people find you and get hold of you then oh so um it's a little bit of everywhere but no i'm on uh i'm on instagram uh under carissa's podcast hour 2022 i'm on tiktok <laughs> There's different like stuff going on there, but it's Beauty Unlocked the Pod. And on uh, YouTube, uh, I'm Beauty Unlocked Podcast Hour. I have different handles everywhere, I know, but I'll send them over to you, Marv, so you can like put them on, um, on into notes. the show notes. Yep. But like, yeah, I'm on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. I don't have a Facebook page anymore. I shut down Facebook completely. I'm over Facebook. You know, but I'm I'm definitely on Instagram and um, Instagram, TikTok and YouTube. Well, I've got a Facebook page for my show, but I find that for saying that Facebook is supposed to be the most popular social media platform, I don't really get that much feedback from there. The most I get is from Instagram and some TikTok. I think with Facebook, the I mean, being I don't know about it being popular as it used to be, um, but I think it's great, for example, when you want to create a group. Right. Um, and you can build a community there. But it's like, again, like when you're kind of spread thin and spread out across these social medias, it's difficult to just pay attention to one. Right. But if you were to like pay attention, let's say to the Facebook group, it could grow, but it's again, just focusing on that, putting your main the energy into that. Um, but if you're putting more energy into the Instagram and TikTok, that's, you know, it's just different audiences, isn't it? Yeah. It's just different audiences. Like I obviously YouTube, which is the second largest search engine, you know, (laughs) it's great. Because it your 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 content has a longer shelf life, right? And if you're like typing in whatever something into Google, sometimes like now it pops out like these um YouTube because I think it's Google that owns YouTube, right? I think it does now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so obviously they're very big on like SEO, which is search engine optimization. So if you're writing keywords, let's say learning about the plague, for example, then a lot of YouTube videos come up. Right. And so even if you posted something years ago and it might have not gotten great views or number of views, all of a sudden it can explode because there's like this huge search. Right. It's like what happened to me. I posted something on YouTube about the Amons family possession, which is a very like in Gary, Indiana. And it became famous because of Zach Baggins. He bought the house and demolished it. Right. And um, I did it. I posted it in November and it got a few views. 
Then all of a sudden in January, it skyrocketed and I have over 11,000 views on it. And I'm like, hold up a second. What just happened? Right. So your stuff like on certain social media, like Instagram and TikTok, it doesn't have a long shelf life. And on Facebook, it doesn't either. YouTube, your content will have a very long shelf life. So it depends what you you're looking for in social media. Right. Like Instagram is great to get some stuff out there. And the good thing about Instagram is as you're growing, you can still repurpose and repost your stuff onto it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So you don't have to create anything new. And it's the same with TikTok because you're going to get new followers, but you can post things that you posted like six, seven months ago because who's going to look like at all the videos you've posted on TikTok to look at that specific one, right? So you can repost it. I'm telling you, it's like work smarter, not harder, folks. (laughs) But yeah. I've, I've just put that into my own filing cabinet now in the background. A video I put in on, on TikTok recently, you know, put it back again in six months. You should. I mean, it should it should also be like that for, for Instagram as well. You know, even if you take some of your older posts, let's say, you can still tweak it depending where you created it. You know, if you use Canva or whatnot, you can still like going back and tweak it and re- repost it again. Because you always have new followers, right? You know what? I completely missed show music and show art. How did I forget oh. that? That great music. <laughs> I changed it, though, because it, it was different in the beginning. I don't even remember how I came, what it was in the beginning, the first few episodes. I actually have to listen to my first few episodes. But then I was listening to another podcast. Oh, I forgot their name. It's the three guys, and they have a very popular podcast. And they touch on certain like whether it be crimes or paranormal stuff and whatnot. Oh, my God, I forgot their name. Anyway, I loved their intro and I was like. Try making an intro like that, too. And so I did my spin on on it and change. I don't think I I don't know if I changed the music or the music stayed the same. And I just added my voice here and there. Yeah. But yeah, basically, uh, I mean, again, you're getting one percent better each time. Right. So I think it was eight or nine months into like the podcast that I changed the, 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 the music. Yeah. And the art. Hmm? I was going to say, but the thing with the music is that, that you have this thing. So you got, it was like that or whatever. And then it's like a build up, And then what adds to it is then that there's like a little pause in the music and you're like, are you ready? And then it's, it's like, really pulls people in it's the thing is like i don't even know if it took me like a whole day because you know obviously you have like this huge library of of you know of music and stuff like that right um and you're just like oh my god like how many songs did i listen to and then i had to like eliminate the process of elimination and then I was like, right, what am I going to be saying? How am I going to say it? And where am I going to put it? Right. Yeah. But this is where the media production stuff from like university came in. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, even the intro to like the daughter of Lilith, it's like I took bits from previous episodes that we had, like the funny bits and just put it into this like music thing. And um, it works quite well. But again, like if you're a true beginner, it's going to take time, right? Like I didn't know how to do this stuff until eight, nine months later and it all came back and whatnot. But sometimes you're just going to have to get royalty-free music and uh, 
use it as your intro, right? Until you get used to it. And the art, my art changed. It used to be Beauty Unlocked. Yep. And then there was a, a lady with black hair and kind of an, a lingerie. <clears throat> she was a cartoon image, okay. by the way. Yep. She was a cartoon image. Like, you know, she had like not dark skin, basically like olive skin tone, like dark hair. And she was in red lingerie, kind of sp- not sprawled, but like I was, I, I made her kind of like lying onto Beauty Unlocked. Yep. And that was that for a good few months until I think the end of 2020 when I hired this artist on Fiverr. And I gave her the elements I wanted, the picture I wanted, how I wanted it and stuff like that. I forgot the artist's name. I have to look again in in the stuff of Fiverr. Um, And she created that image that I have today of Beauty Unlocked, which is me with the earphones and uh, what you call it, the microphone and my cup, my famous like Dia de los Muertos, like skull cup. And that's that's the that's the one that I have today. But again. I, I, I designed my own. And the great thing is that it was in that podcast um, course of Phil Ebner. Yep. And, you know, he was uh, he was telling us um, the dimensions that were needed. He was telling us, you know, and then I started playing around. And using a lot of like free free stuff like Canva. Yeah. To create these create these things. But it's changed. So. That's good advice for people. Look for when you first start out, look for what you can find that's free. Yeah, that's yes. Like free elements, free. That's the thing. I was thinking of creating a huge like list of all the sites I use to create my stuff. Because I find that it's really helpful, especially for people who want to get into podcasting. Because when you're a podcaster and you start doing it yourself, no, whatever, you have no experience the hours you spend in doing all these things, it takes away from you actually working on your podcast. I can tell you that. Yeah. So if, if people like can curate a list of all the sites they use, you know, from hosting to whatever, and just, I think I need to like do that. I think I would, I wouldn't be surprised if pod Bible or earbuds probably have something about like that on their page, their websites, I would have thought, because they're all about, yeah, advice, of that kind of ad, stuff. Yeah, that yeah. That kind of stuff and advising podcasters and everybody what to do. Yeah. There's also some other things like um Captivate and and Riverside, which not Captivate. Well, Captivate has their each hosting thing has their own like Instagram and all this stuff. And obviously they're trying to get you into it and stuff like that, into their hosting, into their video, whatever. Um, but there's so many, I mean, there's so many people who who dedicate to say okay you know you should like go here for this kind of music and you should go here like phil ebner's course but now i know that there's stuff for free (laughs) yeah anyway you can find already said this you can already you can find pods like us on instagram tiktok and twitter and you can contact us on pods like us at gmail.com anyway thank you for speaking with me today carissa thank you so much mark for having me it was fun it was, yeah, you beat me to it. I was going to say it was fun chatting <laughs> with you. Anyway, thank you all for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Thank you. Bye.